Somebody asked me recently, how do I find the women we feature on this series? And the answer is, it's pretty easy. These amazing women are everywhere. They're your mother, your sister, your best friend, your neighbor, your coworker, and in the case of today's episode, a colleague and a friend I admire very much. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. In the spotlight, a woman who is a superstar in the field of HR. She's the Senior Vice President, Global Talent for Corn Ferry, with over 8,000 employees in 50 countries. And in this role, she's responsible for talent acquisition, operations, learning and development, administration, and human relations business strategies. The list goes on and on. How can there possibly be enough hours in the day for this dynamic, successful young woman? And if she does have one minute of spare time, what does she do with it? Let's find out. Her name is Caroline Werner, and this is her story. Caroline, welcome to the show. Candy, thanks so much. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to let everybody know what an incredible career you've had and continue to have. So tell our audience a little bit about Corn Ferry, the company. Corn Ferry is an organizational strategy consulting firm that focuses really anything around talent. So we believe people are at the heart of everything that companies do. So we help companies find talent. We help companies consult around anything that has to do with strategy around people. And we have tons and tons of research and tools and technology and products that surround anything around talent, leadership development, compensation and total rewards, assessment and succession and organizational strategy. Well, you know, when you have a global title like you have, my first question, Caroline, is going to be about time management. How do you do it? And how are there enough hours in the day? And have you had to learn the hard way about how to schedule your time? Time management is certainly a challenge that we all face and struggle with that becomes more complicated in a global organization because naturally you're on the phone in the morning with colleagues in Europe and you're on the phone in the evening with colleagues in in Asia. Uh, But I think it comes down to there are tactical things that you can do. And there are also strategies that you have to look at for and you have to get selfish with your own time, which can be challenging. Your rise in the industry, Caroline, has been really swift. What have you learned about how to be successful? I think there's a couple of things that I have found have been critical to my success and that also I try to pass down as I mentor others or certainly look for hires on my own team and into the organizations that I support. There's obviously skills and capabilities that we look for in certain jobs and job requirements when we're hiring for certain roles. But there are those non-tangible skills that I think are critical. Some things that you can teach people and some things that you can't. When I think about problem solving, right, or being resourceful, Um, Those are critical things, being agile, particularly in today's world when we've seen so many things change and we look at the global pandemic that none of us knew were coming and all the things that we had to shift in our personal and professional lives. Who are the people that thrived and survived over the last year? It's being flexible as things change. In addition, I think it's about getting things done. That might seem extremely simple, but for me, it's about who can take ideas and operationalize them. Lots of people have great ideas, but can you take those and put them into action? Isn't that true about just about any industry you could possibly be in, right? It's one thing to have a great idea. It's another thing to make it happen. You know, you had just mentioned mentoring. Have you had a mentor in your career and are you one now? 
Absolutely. I have been blessed to have access to many mentors over the course of my career, both informally and formally. So when I say formally, that would be people that I worked for who were just incredible bosses that gave me opportunities to have experiences that I wouldn't have otherwise had. So things that weren't necessarily on the job description, but opportunities that I had to get exposure to different people or projects that made me who I am today, but also informally. So people that I followed or met or had exposure to and had relationships with. And I believe strongly in mentoring others. I'm also part of a really cool program that allows me to mentor up and coming executives in other organizations. Sometimes as an HR leader, it's a challenge to be a formal mentor internally, although I'd like to believe I'm a mentor in everything that I do. But from a formal perspective, to be able to mentor external executives coming up in different industries is is a pleasure. And I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. They call that reverse mentoring too, where you learn more sometimes from the mentee than than they learn from me. As an HR pro though, do you think that the traditional work experience where we get in the car or get on a train and we drive to work and we go there from nine to five will ever be the same? Yeah, you know, I've reflected a lot on that, of course. I don't think it's ever going to be the same, right? And in some ways, I think there's positives out of that because I think it's good to reflect on how things have changed and are there things that we should be doing differently going forward, sort of the fast pace of the world that we all live in, the hustle bustle, as you said, the commute. You know, are there some things that we learned? Why do we sit in a car or a train or a bus in some cases for, for two years? You know, some people have said, wait a minute, you know, there's, there's other things I can do with my time. Again, just my perspective, I think going forward, I believe it's going to be a hybrid, not a one size fits all. And I think it's healthy to have gone through this change. Obviously, nobody wanted it, asked for it. And there's certainly been a lot of unfortunate outcomes and aspects of the pandemic, but it happened. And from it, I think we've learned that there are some pieces that we need to do differently. How do we spend our time? Where do we do it? Do we have to sit at a desk all day? Do we have to be in an office uh, sitting there to do our work? Can we do work differently? Now, on the flip side, I think working from home also has brought other challenges in blending our personal and professional lives together, which has brought different challenges too for HR as well, in addition to just the workplace in general. So I think the future is probably a hybrid of both, right? So maybe it's partially working in the office, partial remote. Caroline, I'm going to guess that in your rise, there have been many times when you have been the only woman in the room. How do you make sure that your voice is heard? My best advice on this is making sure you're prepared. Wise person once told me, you know, you show up, you speak your truth and don't be attached to the outcomes. You got to feel confident in what you know. There's a reason that you're in the role that you're in. There's a reason that you're, quote, at the table, in the meeting, on the project, whatever it is. And so, you know, be confident in what your purpose is. Be confident in why you're there. Be confident in what you're sharing. But at the same time, don't be attached to the outcomes. So don't set yourself up for disappointment. You know, it's about facts and truth. And then from there, what happens is out of your control. You know, back in the day, employees were, quote, happy to have a job. And they towed the line. They didn't complain. They feared the boss man. And times have changed. I think millennials, as the largest generation now, have really had a very big effect 
on how we work, and especially with their concern about work-life balances. Are companies changing? Is that what you see as well? Absolutely. I'd see in a couple different areas. One, I think we're seeing a lot around this concept in the last couple of years through millennials and the generations coming up around purpose, a lot more conversation around purpose, right? What is, what is my purpose? What value am I adding? What am I getting out of this job that makes me feel good? You know, how am I adding value to the organization, to society, to the greater life, to the greater good? Those conversations are more and more. I think then fast forward to now with the pandemic, we're seeing a huge surge in those conversations. I have a belief, and that is that relationships are everything. As you've made your climb through your industry, have relationships mattered for you? And how do you keep them, sustain them, grow them? My relationships are sacred to who I am. I think you know, as most people who know me well know that I've had the same five best friends since (laughs) kindergarten who I talk to regularly and know way too much about me. So at this point, I can't get rid of them. Um, And then, you know, I'm pretty proud of the relationships that I have beyond that. You know, I have friendships from grade school and work relationships from all aspects of my career when I started out right after college in a training program at Hyatt Hotels and all of my bosses since then as well as people that I worked with at all different levels of my companies. I think it's so important to cultivate relationships and not on a surface level, but genuinely from a networking perspective. Sending handwritten notes, I'm a big fan of, a, of <laughs> thank you notes and stationery and reaching out like that. You're also somebody who has been devoted to certain causes. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about some of those causes that have meant so much to you and why you think it's so important when you reach a level in your own success story that part of your success story be about good goes around. Part of this is just how I was raised. I grew up around, you know, parents and grandparents who who raised me that no matter who you are, where you are, you have to give back. It's our obligation in the societies that we live in as part of being a good citizen to give back. I personally have this concept of access that I see as so critical. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you have access to networks of people, you know, you have a chance at getting better opportunities. So whether that's in your career, in your healthcare, you know, financially, and that snowballs just in the way that society works today. And so if I can be a touch point for someone, whether that's one conversation, one piece of advice, one introduction and give them that access, you know, that's so important to me. There's financial donations, which are really important, but it's also about time and your expertise and giving that access to those organizations. Your talent is your treasure, right? Absolutely. Caroline, I believe that we are all shaped by our childhood. So can you tell our listeners, where did you grow up and what was life like in your house? So I am from Chicago, grew up in the North suburbs and was very blessed to grow up around a huge extended family uh, with all four grandparents alive uh, in my life through high school which I am super grateful for. Very diverse. Uh, My Russian-German-Jewish grandparents on one side and my Irish-German-Catholic grandparents on the other side. And I spent a ton ton of time with them. I appreciated it for sure when I was younger, but even more so as I get older. Just incredible, hardworking individuals. Very smart, very proud of me, very hardworking. And I had so much fun 
growing up with them. Um, lots of aunts and uncles and cousins. What about brothers and sisters? So I have one brother um, who I'm very close to. He's significantly older. No, he's five <laughs> years older. <laughs> I like to remind him of that. To this program. <laughs> That's right. And and he and I grew up very close and still are to this day. It's a it's a treasured relationship that I have. What about messages in your house about values, about work ethic? What did you learn by watching your parents and your grandparents? Work ethic was always at the front and center. My grandfather in particular was one of the founding um, doctors of the practice of anesthesiology in the United States. And wow. so... Yeah, a a pretty incredible person. So grew up around those work values. My mother, who was um, sick almost my entire life, faced a lot of illness. She's passed away, put herself through law school, took a career change while she was very sick, uh, but never, never complained. So I grew up around extremely solid work ethic. I think I was playing office when I was about five years old with my Rolodex and my wallet and had my friends playing secretary. So, oh my um, God, I was just about yeah. to ask you that because yeah. you are so organized and highly motivated <laughs> and driven. So I wonder, okay, then what were you like as a child? Let's give you an example. I was going through my files the other day, you know, stuff from my parents. And there's a note on my stationery. We'll start there. My my monogram stationery, Caroline Warner. And it's a note. I must have been five years old to my mom. I love you, mom. Love Caroline Collins Warner. <laughs> Just in case she was she wondering <laughs> who it was from. So <laughs> uh, my label maker has a label on it. And if it can be monogrammed, it gets monogrammed and labeled. Uh, and that and that comes from my mom. My, my mom had a file of facts that I have now that has every trip she ever went on, everything she packed, every gift she ever gave and got. Now that's a little much. I don't do that. But um, I am very grateful for my organization skills that have served me well with the going back to your first question, the capacity that I have to, to handle the workload that I do. You know, you mentioned that your mom was sick for most of your life. And one of the first conversations that you and I ever had when we met one another was talking about our moms. My mom was sick for most of my teenage years, and then she died when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And when your mom is really sick, it affects you as a young girl when you're growing up. How did that change you, Caroline? And can you offer some of that to our listeners? Growing up and watching my mom go through what she went through, a couple things gave me a huge appreciation for my health, that health is everything. And when you don't have your health, you have nothing. And also that, you know, you have to grow up pretty quickly in many ways. I've always felt like an old soul. So I kind of already had that. But certainly when you grow up around illness um, and, and as a kid, you grow up quickly, you learn to appreciate things, have bigger thoughts, deeper thoughts, deeper conversations than otherwise. But you know what? I'm grateful for those things. I would say, I wish my mom weren't sick. I wish she was still alive. Um, But at the same time, I'm so appreciative for the way that I live my life and appreciate every day that I have today because it's because of going through those things. We learn something from every job we have. Take me back for as competent and capable and successful as you are right now. Take me back to your first job, your first day on the job. Were you terrified or were you as confident as the woman I know today? My first real, real, real job um, was out of school. I worked at Hyatt Hotels and I joined their corporate management training program, which is one of the best experiences I've ever had. 
And I rotated through all their departments and got placed at the end of it. Hello, I got placed to run the bar at the Hyatt McCormick place as a 22 year old (laughs) (laughs) with, wait for it, union bartenders reporting to me who were probably twice my age looking at me like, and who is this character? (laughs) So you know what? I just put on my little suit and dragged the kegs and poured cocktails that I had no idea what they were and made it happen. And here we are. So sometimes you just never know what's going to happen literally (laughs) and where life is going to take you. And, you you know, look at me now. So, but you know, you always land on your own two feet. That's (laughs) what I've learned so far. Hey, Caroline, what do you wish you knew when you first got started in business? I think the biggest thing that I wish I knew then that is one of my guiding things now is that nothing is forever. And what I mean by that is the good and the bad. So it's easy to get frustrated with stuff and that could be anything, a bad boss, a coworker you don't like, an assignment that isn't your favorite. This too shall pass. Nothing is forever. Similarly, when things are great, You know, I've had awesome bosses, the best teams, and then suddenly the person's fired or the team's broken up and I've been devastated. You know, nothing's forever. So enjoy the moment. Don't get too attached, but enjoy the moment. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it, Caroline? I try to break it up into the parts of what can I control and what is out of my control. So I'm a problem solver. I'm, you know, I'm resourceful and I'm action oriented. What are the things that we can tackle today? What are the things that, you know, need to be put off and try to break it into bite-sized chunks and then come up with a plan? When I was first introducing you, I mentioned, you know, my goodness, if she does have a minute of spare time, let's find out what she does with it. So here comes that question. When you're not working, what do you love to do? I love to travel, which obviously is right now on hold, but hopefully soon to take off. I actually, I am traveling this weekend, which I'm so excited to go see one of my best friends, but I love to travel and normally get to travel quite a bit and then see family and friends as I travel. I do Pilates, which I think is also super important for your mind and your body in particular, when you have a high stress job, not to mention when you sit all day (laughs) uh, to get out and move, move your body and, and also for your mental health. And I love music. I love sports. And spending time with my nephews, which who I'm dying to see out in California. Final question for you. People measure success in different ways. And I've come to understand from all the women that I've interviewed that we have chapters in our lives. And so in this chapter of where you are, Caroline, right now, what does success mean to you? Yeah, I have a saying, and I say this to my new joiners in a graduate program that I lead for the firm. And sometimes they look at me funny because I say it to them on day one. And that is, you know, what is your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be? And start there and think backwards. Usually that question doesn't come till the end of our life, right? And then it's too late to look back. Or sometimes it comes after you're gone and then you're not here. So for me, I'm constantly thinking about what is the impact I want to have? Have I had an impact? Because that's all I want at the end of the day. I hope I've had a big impact on, you know, the people that I mentored, the team that I lead, helping the organization go through the pandemic, which is something that none of us anticipated or had ever gone through. And that's my goal at the end of the day. So I'm constantly trying to think about, you know, what is my legacy? What do I want to be known for? 
what's the impact and the fingerprints that we want to leave on the place that we left? We want to leave it better than when we came. Caroline Werner, thank you so much for telling your story on the story behind her success. Thank you so much. Thanks, Candy. And that's the story behind her success for this week. If you know a woman I should interview for the show, reach out and tell me about her. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. There's also a full library of stories for you to listen to anytime you need a little dose of inspiration. Follow me on Facebook at Candy O'Terry Official and on all other platforms at Candy O'Terry. And whether you're listening on one of our radio affiliates or from your smartphone, we'll have a fresh episode for you next week on the story behind her success. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise.